Blog Talk Radio. Everyone, welcome back to Winchester Radio. Uh, we haven't been on for a little while, but it is summertime, and tonight we're doing another edition of That Was Then, This Is Now. Uh, we are going back to season two and uh, doing those podcasts because we started in third season. Uh, tonight's episodes are No Exit, The Usual Suspects, and Crossroad, Crossroad Blues. Um, we do not have any guests this evening. It's just us, uh, me, Susan, Becky, and Vinny uh, talking about those episodes. So we're going to talk for a little while, and then a little bit later we'll uh, put out the guest call-in number, and if anybody wants to call and have a comment maybe or talk about these episodes, have a question, that would be great. Um, we were just talking uh, before we came on the air about uh, LeakyCon. I went to LeakyCon, which had Elena Huffman, Amber Benson, Robbie Thompson and Adam Glass, and in the Q&A, somebody came up and said, I'm only on season two, episode two. Catch me up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it was like, I mean, no, no. it's like, it's like uh, Sam died, Dean died. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Sam, Sam hit that's a dog. That's a, <laughs> that's a pull up a chair, grab a drink or two, and prepare <laughs> yourself. This conversation is going to get intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like grab a drink or twelve. <laughs> I know. Right. Seven. Usually, if you're yeah. a smoke, if you're a smoker, grab a pack because we. This is going to get. It, we're going to get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was actually one of the best questions. And they rattled off a bunch of stuff. I'm like, you know what? You pretty much covered it, Tail, but they did cover it. <laughs> so how exciting to be! Uh, how exciting to be someone who's just in season two for the first time. I want to tell them, like, yeah. you're in for like the best thing ever. But it's all mm-hmm. hurt. Season but two is so good. Yeah, yeah it, I yes. don't think there's any season. There's there's not much television past or present that could beat season two of Supernatural. It's just no. perfect in my opinion. It's just amazing. It's, I mean mm-hmm. the closest the closest is season two of Buffy. That's the closest. Mm-hmm. I yeah, yep, I would agree. Because yeah. there, what season two of Buffy and what season two of Supernatural does is it's the same thing I will say that season six of Supernatural does. You get to the end and you realize that the whole and that everything you watched was taking you to this part. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And it all ties in and you go back and you can see all the little clues or especially that we're going to, you know, get into talking about Crossroad Blues in a little bit and, you know, mm-hmm. you get to all hell breaks loose and it all makes sense. So what you think is mm-hmm. that the Monster of the Week episode was really pivotal to the myth arc mm-hmm. and, dro- and drove the myth arc of season three. Right. Whereas right. now, which you drove, know... Yeah, which drove all the way to season five, things that happened in season two had effects all the way through season five. Exactly, which is one of the things that concerns me about these latter seasons because the Comic-Con interviews that Jeremy Carver did, he talks about how they don't do that. You know, they didn't know they were going to make Dean into a demon. They were like, yeah, we don't know where we're going with this. It concerns me. Well, I... 
no, 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 no. I wait, <laughs> wait, <laughs> because at LeakyCon, um, I think one of the questions there, and I think it was Robbie Thompson who said they decided Dean was a demon halfway through the season. So yeah, they, they, didn't, they decide. didn't do it until halfway. Right, they didn't do it until halfway. Yeah, but which makes you wonder what the point of season eight on episode twenty-two deciding oh Dean's a demon in twenty-three. No, I'm just saying so, like. It's not like you can go back to, like I said, in this instance, you're going back to, you know, episode five, six, or no, six, seven, eight, and you're going to see where that takes you in 22 and then in, in season three as well. And like, like you said, all the way through season five, where in this instance, mm-hmm. things that we think season eight was dictating for season nine, well, then we're clearly wrong about that. And so it makes you wonder what the point of those things in season eight was if they didn't know they were going to do that in season nine. See what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what concerns me. Mm-hmm. Especially for well, a show that where the fans are so meta-driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not the only ones that do that, though. But still, um, I did enjoy hearing that. Robbie watched, rewatched the first five seasons before he wrote the 200th episode. First five mm-hmm. seasons, went back and watched them all. Interesting. We stopped mm-hmm. at five. You know. Mm-hmm. But. I reserve all comments until that episode airs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm prepared to be okay. very bitter and, and offended. Well, if you're prepared, <laughs> then I don't know. I mean, I try not to think about that way. You know, it's just like I'm, I'm hopeful. You know, I my expectations aren't huge, but they're not really, really low either. I'm just, I just think no, it's that's really why the cool that they made out. 200 episodes after all. Right, that's why the three of us work out. I'm the cynic, you're the optimist, and Becky's like, eh, we'll wait and see. Or I figure if I go in like with pre anger, they can all they can do is please me. (laughs) Like, well, I was gonna be mad, and by golly, I am. So this episode was a success. (laughs) I'm angry. (laughs) That's pretty much how I go through. Yeah, uh, honestly, I don't know. I got like. Sometimes, like, my real life is, like, is really tough and, and sometimes dark. And I'm like, you know, it's just not going to spill over into my show, <laughs> shows. <laughs> it's not going to spill so, over like, into yeah. my show about really dark themes. <laughs> yeah, I've you know, got enough real life. I don't need any more <laughs> because, you know, Supernatural isn't a dark show at all. Um, yeah, well, I think. If my biggest anger is that an episode of television irritated me, life's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yep. I'm going to yeah. go with, with everything's a win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, I, I shouldn't complain because, you know, real life could be a, a whole lot worse. So, but some, some days it's tough. And all I you could have just, sold your soul for your little brother. That would suck. Well, <laughs> that's very true. 
That is very true. Um, speaking of selling your soul for your little brother and big brother, or trying to. Um, well, and, and Crossroads I want to talk about is, no exit. <laughs> okay, talk about no exit first. We'll go in like a semblance of order. Go. Okay, okay. I still, I watched no exit twice, once yesterday and once tonight again before the podcast. And I still ascertain my, I still believe, and it honestly, honest to goodness, it's my true feelings, that scene where H.H. Holmes puts his hand through and is caressing Joe is the single most creepiest scene ever on Supernatural. I, <laughs> oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of, oh. without there being, like, gore, it's yeah. one of the creepiest. Like, there's a way to mm-hmm. freak me oh. out more, but those are all gory things. So, you know, yeah. you, you feel for her because she's trying to get away. She's, you know, she's moving and she's just like, oh, she can't do anything. And he's touching her and you can just, oh, I, I just gives me the EDGBs every time. Yeah, oh, creepy. So- and she's in a little tiny space where you yeah. can see everybody else who's been in there has been clawing at, at the the ceiling. It's not really a ceiling, but the top part of the, of the space she's in covered whatever to call it, and, and and obviously they haven't gotten out, you know, and yeah, that's really creepy. And I think this episode really, really creeped me out because it's a little bit like the Benders. I mean, I know H.H. H. Holmes is is a, is a spirit, but he was a very real serial killer. There yeah. was nothing supernatural exactly. about him as a person. So... Yeah, he was a human evil before he was a spirit. And that's always, you know, with mm-hmm. that. I always forget the name of the episode where the, where the demon is, the demon wants out of the body because the body's a psychopath. What is that episode? Oh, uh, uh, Re- uh, Repo Man. Re- Repo Man, yes. That, those kind of episodes, I prefer that kind of thing where it's the evil of man and how it ties in. Mhm. Yeah. I, I absolutely. In this episode, I love Alona Tall. Joe, I love her in this character. I remember back when the season aired, Joe did not have many fans, and no. uh, uh, she and but uh, she was she kicked ass and she was great in this episode. And I just absolutely watched. I think you know the great Kim Manners directed it. And there are mm-hmm. some really gorgeous scenes in this. I, I, I love when she's sitting there um, as bait for H.H. H. Holmes and you see the camera's viewing her from her back. That, I mean, it's just, I love that scene. Mm-hmm. I remember I made an icon and put um, Hero, uh, you know, above her head, <laughs> you know, when I made the icon uh, uh, with that scene. I just, I just love that scene. I'm a fan of it, though. Yeah, the and I'm not and I was telling Becky this earlier because I was having a crunch time kind of thing, and I told her, well, no, Exit is not one of my favorite episodes, and I realized that I'm I'm putting that in terms of just season two in general, because it it is an episode I really really like. It's just if I have to rank season two, it's not in the top five, but mm-hmm. there's still a really really good episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really and, and it's. It's so creepy because it's so close to reality. I mean, there mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. people we read mean, about yeah. every day that do these sort of things still. So there's nothing supernatural about them. The H.H. The H. H. Holmes 
became a supernatural being, but he was still doing the same thing he did when he was alive and a human. Exactly. And horrifying. Horrifying. Yeah. That gives me the creeps. Um, we got a we got some background history in this episode. We found out um, how the Winchester, uh, John Winchester, knew Ellen and Bill and Joe. I guess not that she remembers him much, probably being a little kid. But we find out that um, Bill possibly died because of because of John which I don't know um, of course Ellen's going to look at it completely different that of course he's at fault because she's lost her husband and he died but that's pretty much that life you know if I get the feeling that if one was bait the other was going to be the hunter and it could have easily been John as bait and Bill the hunter because mm-hmm. I think they've been hunting a long time so, but yeah, that was and it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't the first time that one of them had been bait, either with each other mm-hmm. or, you know, we've seen mm-hmm. Sam and Dean do that. That you know, you be the bait kind of thing, or mm-hmm. you know, Joe being mm-hmm. the bait in No Exit. Right. We see that, and it's it, it is what it is. You take that risk, mm-hmm. and yeah, or most of the time, it most of the time it works out. Yeah. Or being bait on your own, being bait and hunter, because you sort of put yourself out there to yeah. attract a creature or whatever you're hunting down, and then hope you're. Hey, you know we are. have, you know we have Dean cutting his arm out, uh, cutting his arm and saying, "I taste good." You're bait. Yeah. You, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it is the it is the nature of the. Of, I want to say their job, but no, it's the nature of the lifestyle, really. Mhm. Yep. And I have a question I, about the, uh, yes, completely off topic, but at the beginning of the episode, first time we see Stan and Dean, they're packing up their car, and Dean says, you know, the part about, you know, go and save Katie Holmes from the mad cult and everything, mm-hmm. and um, he says, or, you know, cat fight when he hears Joe and Ellen are fighting, so they go in, and Joe and Ellen, look, you know, Ellen acts like this is the first her first time seeing them. She's like, bad timing, guys. And Dean says, well, we hardly ever drink before noon anyways. So it's like, if they were just getting there, how come they were packing up the car to leave? I'm very confused on on the timing and what they were actually doing. (laughs) Hmm. I thought they were getting getting there. there? Were they leaving there? I'm all confused. Hmm. I I watched that scene three times today trying to figure out. (laughs) Or Sam be arriving or leaving. They were packing up the car and getting in it to leave, yet when they go in it, it sounds like they just got there. So I, I'm all confused. Yeah. That is weird. Maybe maybe they've used the roadhouse as a base, so they've been and gone and been and gone. I, I, don't, I don't know. And then, I don't know, or Ellen had to be there. It's not like she would have been gone somewhere and not seen them if they'd been there a while. I guarantee that if she thought the Winchesters were anywhere near her her home, and and if Dean was anywhere written around her daughter, she was not going anywhere. So no. (laughs) And Dean was afraid of her. (laughs) Yeah, which is very one of my favorite things. (laughs) Yes. 
And that family that comes in wearing the the family that comes in wearing the Nebraska is for lovers shirts, and they say they just don't go to the Arby's down the road. I still haven't seen that. What's the purpose of them? You know? Just for the gag. I know. I hope they made it to Arby's. <laughs> right. And, you know, and considering where Harvell's is and looking at that area, I really don't see an Arby's yeah. being close by. Yeah, that yeah. I always yeah. were, I wondered about. I'm like, hmm. I mean, or, it might be a diner somewhere, but that's some that's some Route 66 kind of stuff where there's nothing. I think that so, I think they just made it up because it was just a way to get out of there. It's like, yeah, it's part of the Arby's down the road, you know, and he's probably thinking he didn't really care. <laughs> you know, I'm just, I'm out Don't make eye contact. Don't make eye contact. <laughs> right. Yeah. Back out slowly. <laughs> you know, don't, don't take your eyes off that one. <laughs> Yeah, and but those those, things, I, though, those are my only nitpicks for the whole episode. So. I liked Dean's comment when when Joe is arguing with him about how she can do this and she can hunt, and and she says, "Oh, you don't want me to do this because I'm a woman," and he said, "No, not because you're a woman, but because you're an amateur." That's always one of my favorite things. Do with it. Yes, and one of those, I thought that was one of what horrific. I really like about that is, you know, if that's the belief that Dean has, you have to figure it was instilled in him at some point by John, and that maybe he's been around female hunters that were competent throughout, mm-hmm. you know, throughout his growing up, and that's mm-hmm. like canon, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also, uh, you know, and then it, it's nice. I mean, I don't like. It sucks for them finding out later, but it ties in well with with Mary and her family being hunters because you mm-hmm. know you having that reveal later that it came from their maternal side was a bit of a twist, and so to have that harken back all the way to then, it's a nice it's a nice full circle kind of thing to, and to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm these all three of these episodes. I'm so struck by how young Sam and Dean are, and why, and I just I well, and I can't believe it. And, and super young, annoying, not super annoying, super amusing. Is that you watch these episodes and you're like, wow, Jared and Jensen have really grown up. And then you watch the and you look at Alona's Hall and you go, well, she looks the same. That woman does not age. She does not age. No, she looks the same. And I think Samantha Ferris looks basically the same, too. Yes. And Mm. Alona Tall has the most beautiful skin of any person I've ever seen in my entire life. Yes. I've met conventions many times, and, oh, my God, I've always – all I want to do is ask her about her skin regimen because she has – All I want to do is rip her skin off. (laughs) yeah it is lovely she is lovely very fair yeah she does she looks pretty much the same and it's been eight years eight yeah. years going on eight years unbelievable so, yeah, and, you know, she looks pretty much the same as she did when she was on Veronica Mars too. I mean, she has, and that yeah. was even before this. So, well, yeah. no, and there's um, 
there's, uh, I don't know if it's still on YouTube, it was eight years ago, um, there was a video of her back when she still lived in Israel, and she was, um, I think on a soap opera, and she was singing, and she looks the same there. So that's mm. yeah, whatever, she's clearly crossroads, is what I'm saying, is that, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I don't even go know. I don't know how years. many years mm. she got, but she yeah. <laughs> she scored a good deal because maybe, maybe she has a painting in her attic. You never know. Possibly, yeah, I mean, yeah. But yeah, I think it's super <laughs> amusing to see, like, wow, Jared and Justin have really matured. Wow, Lona Tal still looks, and you know, I think she's <sighs> she was already. How old was she when she was playing Joe? Well, let's go over to imdb.com and check her out. I know that she, I remember her being older than, like significantly older than I thought she was then. She was born in 83. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she's about my age. She's like a year younger than me, and yeah, she just, she still looks 12. But, um, and you're right, Sam Ferris, too, she looks very, very, very similar. Yeah, and yeah. not only do Sam and Dean look younger, but they act younger, especially especially mm-hmm. Dean, who is so, he's so juvenile. Um, yeah. Like, I've smart really, out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, like he makes the joke it. in Crossroad Blues about the black dog when they're researching in the beginning, and he says, yeah. um, that would hump the crap out of your leg, and Sam just looks at me because, well, it would, and that face that Jensen uses, that, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we never see that anymore, no. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, like he's all lip cleaning the pipe. Cleaning the, the pipe. The cleaning the oh, pipe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, we still that, get the porn jokes, but they're different. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he's much more serious. He's much more grave and solemn. Well, and his, when and he's silly now, when he's silly now, it's a different kind of silly. They've really taken that, well, when Dean's going to be carefree, he's going to be that geeky, nerdy type of carefree rather than just doofy, mm-hmm. which I have mixed feelings about because I really like doofy Dean. <laughs> and I'm, I have a lot of information about Geeky Dean. Geeky Dean doesn't do too much for me because, I don't know. I, I, was, I don't I was, understand when Dean Winchester had the time to be geeky. Like, when did he have the time and frame of mind to, like, get into that kind of stuff? I don't know. Mm. Welcome to my issues. Also, I was thinking also about the maturation of Dean Winchester the other day. You know, like in season one um, in Hookman, you know, he's like, you know, he's so excited about getting to see, you know, uh, sorority girls and, you know, think there'll be pillow fights, you know, and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. that is a kid, you know, that's a, that's perfect for, you know, Dean's age and as a young guy. Oh, yeah, that'd be that's, super creepy. Yeah, now. exactly. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I, I, I love that, you know, the show has shown that maturity level because, you know, a lot of shows, they don't. They keep the characters the same. Throughout, no matter mm-hmm. how many years it's on, 
But I love that we can see that they let our characters grow and mature, and I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole, that whole that whole moment of I'm getting older, and the the girls are staying the same age. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're they're always 21, and suddenly he's 36, and the girls right. are still 21. The the clean the pipes comment. The first time I saw that episode and heard that, I was like, I can't believe they got away with that at the time. <laughs> and I, and, it, and it cracked me up because it's funny. And I like how Joe tweaks to it and then just, just punches him like she would like a, you know, <laughs> just go, good for you, Joe, you know. It cracks me up the whole scene. But I thought now, of course, where I am now, I'm looking like that was nothing because we have an entire season of Dick jokes. And then to go back to how much Dean has changed and matured and smart solemn. We went from, you know, frat boy, you know, naughty, wicked, sorority girl Dean, chasing Dean to to someone who didn't go out and didn't have sex for quite a while after losing Lisa and and Ben, like losing that life and changing those yeah. times. Yeah, so, someone who actually yeah, you know, mourned that, that, that loss of a relationship. Mm-hmm. Because it's very different from, you know, the way he handled, um, you know, driving away from Cassie. That sucked for him. But mm-hmm. he didn't form a life with her. He wasn't raising a child with her. So it was very mm-hmm. different for him. Mm-hmm. Now, I will and I'm one, of those, I'm one of those weird people who doesn't hate uh, Route 666, so. Oh, I don't either. I, 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 think I, it's a, I think it's a little bit on the boring side, but I don't. There's so much disdain for that episode in, in fandom, and I'm like, but why? <laughs> I think a racist truck is, you know, the idea of a racist truck and saying the words racist truck is silly, but I like the episode a lot. I, you know, I don't and, hate it either. So, my God, we agree on something. Well, <laughs> yeah. 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 Right? Of course you would agree in the off-season about something in retrospect. Of course. <laughs> Oh. I think we can and all I'll, agree. I'll I think we all to... agreed about bloodlines. Excuse, I think we oh, yeah, you know, always talk about it. But I do believe we all agreed about that episode. That was one and of those so, things. That that was one of those unifying things in fandom, where for the first time, ninety-nine percent of fandom went no. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. And, and everybody who went but you, everybody went no, shh, no. What? No, sh- yeah. no. <laughs> and I, I think it's season low scorer for our podcast as well. Also, yeah, not a surprise. I missed that that podcast because I would as was at DCCon. But trust me, that Brit and I had her our own in person <laughs> anger ball over that <laughs> <laughs> rage blackout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well deserved. 
And one more thing before we um, move on to the next episode, I wanted to say I love Joe and Dean getting closer over bonding over the the death of their dad and how that yeah. I, I really like that. It's the scene where she shows, you know, he's like giving her a bigger knife instead of the little one that she's twirling, and she shows him, you know, that that was her dad's knife, and he's like, he understands, you know, and he gives it, he mm-hmm. gives it back to her, and I just, I just really, really love it and how that brought them together. And then at the end scene when Joe comes storming out after Ellen telling her about what John did and their dad, her dad, and everything. And Dean's trying to get her, you know, hey, what happened? You know, because, you know, you can tell it's because they bonded. He feels like they have a true friendship now. And right. like, get away from me. And he's like, okay, fine, whatever. You know, you can tell that hurt his feelings. And and I just, you know, I really, really love Joe and Dean's relationship. I really, 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 really do. Yeah. What I really like that No Exit did um Well, I didn't have a problem with the the potential setup of Joe and Dean having, you know, a fling of some sort. I didn't mind the idea of it. I liked that it sort of took that away and put them on a different level. I and, exactly because I I think the I think the dynamic that it created was better than the. Exactly. Because Dean Dean comes to care more about people that he's, you know, that have depth to him. Right. He considers, you know, he puts on a family level. And Mm. what this episode for me did was it, to me, it, it, I felt like it put Joe on a family level for Dean. Therefore, it made her a better character. It, It made, you know, episodes with her better episodes. Yeah, I think it would be like that chick I made out with or that chick I slept with who happens to hunt too. And yeah. I think also, you know, besides being, you know, her used to being a chick that he flirted with and now and now after bonding with her, I think it brought her up to more of like an equal, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, someone who's, you know, right there with him. He, com- he understands her and you know, he he has more respect for her now than just some chick that he would flirt with, and and that he you know he wouldn't do that to her, and yeah, I really really mm-hmm. like it. I really 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 liked it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not I'm not one of those people who feel like nobody should ever die in Supernatural, but Joe and Joe and Ellen's deaths were two that were really like that. Oh, yeah, I, mm-hmm. that's probably the the episode that I've cried. I don't even know if I've cried during any other episodes, but I cried during that one. And I think that's the only episode I've ever cried during. So, and it was gross crying. It wasn't just like, oh, you know, soap opera tears. No, it was mm-hmm. naughty and disgusting. So. Yeah, that was, I was watching it and thinking, oh, what they're headed to, you know, what's waiting mm-hmm. down, down the road for them. That was, that was really hard. Um, and yeah. I, what I like, you know, uh, even though I, I, you know, I do cry every single time in that episode when when Joe and Ellen are there by themselves. But what I like best, and it's going back to the Dean and Joe relationship, he kisses her on the forehead. 
He doesn't kiss yeah. her. He kisses her on the forehead. And that, again, I think shows that he his love and respect mm-hmm. for her. And, yeah. yeah. And family, sister, that's something you do to a family, exactly. to a little exactly. sister. Yeah. And and when he tells her, see you on the other side, you know, yeah. that that gets me. Um, I, I, television without pity, you know, and I did not always get along, but they um, renamed the thread for Joe Harvell in their character forum. And they said, we'll vote on it because, because the character was killed. And they said, well, we'll change the thread name and we'll vote on it and make suggestions. And I suggested Joe Harvell see you on the other side. And they, and, and that was, and that was the one they chose, and that thread was changed to that name, and it stayed that way till the end of, of Television Without Pity. And I was like, oh, I was, I was, I was very honored by that. <laughs> you know, I didn't write it. That, yeah. Yeah. I miss yeah, her. They were tough. They were tough deaths. Really, really tough. And to have Ellen choose to go with her daughter like that. Mm-hmm. But you, I can, you can totally understand it because she didn't have mm-hmm. anybody left to play. And if I was yep. in her, if I was in her shoes, I'd probably do the same thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I love I mean, how the podcast it, turned into the the Joe Harvell Appreciation Hour. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we were not going to but now we're Joe. <laughs> it's a little bit. It's a little bit money. You know, it's like we're ha- we have distance and perspective now that oh, that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we didn't have then, and a lot of fans did not have then because they they didn't like the idea that she might be a love interest. They didn't like this. There was a lot of back and forth. But now, you know, we have the opportunity to look back and see her arc and see her story and see everything from a distance and have a different perspective on her. So we're like, oh, she didn't get it then. What I don't mm-hmm. understand is, you know, we, you know, Kripke did say, you know, we thought about making her a love interest, and they made it seem like the fans' reaction was why they didn't. But theoretically, no exit was written before the fans ever met her. Like, like right now, they've they've already written like I think eight episodes, or like if the same thing with Amelia, which. Um, Several of the writers have said, you know, they didn't write out Amelia because the fans didn't like her. Amelia's episode where she's written out was already penned and edited before we as an audience ever saw 801. So I always thought it was kind of weird that clearly the the idea of Joe being a love interest was mixed before before the audience ever saw it, and yet it was presented to us as if, the audience reaction was why that storyline didn't go that way. I always thought that was kind of hmm. interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. And one more thing before we move on to another, to usual suspects, I have to say, I, I always love and I get a kick every time I giggle at the end when um, Dean is selling the concrete truck and they're pulling the concrete down. And Sam raises his arms up to pull the chute down. You can see that he's wearing white underwear with red polka dots. 
<laughs> that <laughs> makes me laugh every time. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that I have never noticed that, and now I have to go I haven't either, so now oh, I have to go look oh at a screen God, cap because I've never seen that. I, I mean, one of the take. three of us is clearly pervier than the other two. One of these is not like uh, the others. <laughs> I right? I cannot believe you guys didn't know that. I mean, back when the episode first aired, Live Journal was full of icons that Sam is polka dotted under, polka dotted underwear. Well, <laughs> so I didn't start watching Supernatural until midway through season two. So okay, okay, that would explain it. Well, I, and I and, and I, I, I have seen the episodes since. So hmm. yeah, but I, I don't. Yeah, a moment like that is not forgotten easily. Clearly, I was um, a child. Um, I thought you were going to mention that. I thought you were going to mention at the end that um, that that very narrow passageway that goes down where Joe is being held, and then they fill it with concrete. That was the scene of the Kim Manners revenge prank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of my favorite. As, uh, my friends Sue and I constantly do that. That'll wake you up in the morning, and nobody ever knows what about ever. And it just matters that we know what we're talking about. <laughs> Supernatural is one of those funny shows where the gag reel is just as quotable, if not more quotable, than the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I like and and Jared's like you son of a bitch. (laughs) 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 Good. I miss Kim Manners. I do too. I was thinking that just for his direct. I was thinking, wow, this episode was directed so amazing. And then I remember, oh, that's right, it was Kim Manners, and I. I really and, miss and his with touch. his with his passing, the 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 way the show looks just changed dramatically. Yeah, mm-hmm. it did. It mm-hmm. really, really did. And what and what I really think is really, really cool is it's something that you don't know unless you're part of the fandom and you know these things. But when you watch an episode that Jensen directs, you can see. You can almost hear Kim Matters whispering to Jensen because mm-hmm. see the influence, and I think it's so cool. Yep. 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 Absolutely. I mean, there's a scene with um, it's just a it's just like like a like a establishing like an environment shot. Really, it's no there's no dialogue, there's no nothing really. But I I love it because it's this really cool angle of the hood of the Impala. It's a very odd kind of perspective and it's just a corner and then there's the background of the city and it's such a cool angle and and kind of her close-up because he was known for close-ups and it was definitely mm-hmm. those really moment. Yeah. Those tight shots was, that are just... I love Baby. Oh, and I, oh, another cool little thing I like that, you know, this episode takes place in Philadelphia, and so the, they use the song, a Cheap Trick song at the beginning, which Cheap Trick was from Philadelphia, so I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. That really, that is a good musical cue on that one. Mm-hmm. And we also watched Usual Suspects. 
Oh, another great episode. Oh, there's so much good, so much good episodes. Oh, I love it. The separate identical interrogations is one of my favorite things in supernatural history. Yes. I mean, too, because and what's so great about it is they're separate, yet they're thinking the exact same things. I mm-hmm. love that. I love that. It's so it shows the synchronicity of not just being brothers but of being partners hunting, and that's a, that's a really important thing to have in a life-or-death job, lifestyle, that kind of thing. It's that the same thing you hope that, like, soldiers have within their company, you know, that kind of thing. Mhm. Yes, it's just cool. It is so cool, and I love you're sitting there, and it shows again how smart Dean is. Because before Matlock comes in and gives him the paper and pencil, he's sitting there running the anagrams through his head, and mm-hmm. that that is hard to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anagrams are hard on paper. Forgetting your head. Yes. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm all about smart Dean. Dumb Dean is something that drives me up the wall. Oh, yes. I'm, Dumb I'm Winchester drives me up the wall. Yeah, yes. Yeah, that makes me crazy because Dean is, Dean is smart. He's very he's smart. He put together, he rebuilt a car. Like, that's, that's some he hard stuff. His own, like, yeah, I can he built the it. EMS meters, the, yeah, the rock salt bullet, all those things. That I was always I love, very upset with Sam for seven. insulting it, yeah. by the way. Yeah. No kidding. It was always, that's why I love in season fair. eight when Sam tells him he's a genius. Yeah. Which kind of makes up for him insulting Dean's EMS meter, you know, and not caring that. Well, Dean you know, on one hand, on one hand, <laughs> that's just a little brother thing, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. a little brother thing. And then you can remember, like, in two thousand, you know, in two thousand five, a Walkman in general, you were going to go, <laughs> okay, dude. So, you know, you just had right. to, make, you know, and it went along with the whole, it went along with the joke of the, the cassette tapes and all that. Uh, but um, speaking of dated things, I know it's a little bit ahead, but MySpace. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I was like, oh, wrong episode. <laughs> and the funny thing Just is, then, at that point, even even MySpace was a little bit. It was getting to the point of dated at that point. Mm-hmm. So now yeah. it's especially like I think about like the Tumblr generation going, huh? Like, oh, what's MySpace? Yeah, <laughs> what's a <Yeah>. MySpace? <laughs> It'll all be okay. It's what Tumblr is going to be in five years. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can. I know. I actually said out loud to Dean when he said, seriously, you know, what's MySpace? I said, don't worry. This is going to be gone very shortly. Yeah. Don't bother <laughs> about it. It's not worth your time. I never had a MySpace, so I can make fun of it. I don't have a Tumblr. I can make fun of it. I, yep, yep. I had a MySpace, but I never really did much with it. It's probably still out there somewhere. I, I was of the belief that MySpace was solely for independent artists. That was my belief system. Mm-hmm. And since I have no artistry that I independently produce, I didn't need one. 
Well, I will admit that I did get a MySpace page, but only because at that time, that's where Jim Beaver was posting. He, you know, it was before Twitter, it was before Facebook, and Jim Beaver posted quite a lot on MySpace. So I got a MySpace page only so I could follow Jim Beaver. So. Well, that's valid then. <laughs> as long as you had a good reason for it, and that's a good right. reason. <laughs> Oh, another another great thing about this episode is it shows what a good liar Sam is. Mm-hmm. When when he's talking to Linda Blair, I forget what her character's name is, and he's just telling that story. It feels so true until you see what actually happened. It's like, oh, he's such a freaking liar. <laughs> he's so good. Because we <laughs> always think of Sam as being like the air quote moralistic one. And we forget that all the things that Dean does, he's doing them too. Like, he's impersonating federal officers. He's, you know, mm-hmm. when Dean comes and hands him a wad of money from the from the bar, you're, okay, you're paying with stolen credit cards. You're paying with hustled money too. You're breaking into people's houses. But we always have this weird perception of Sam being the, the moralistic one, the good one, when, no, they're, they're both delinquents. Delinquents for the greater good, but delinquents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And the way he says, we saw the second largest fall of twine in the continental United States. Awesome. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just oh, pretty good. so many good things. And just little details that crack me up in that interrogation scene with Sam. When he picks up the coffee cup, he smells it first before he drinks it. And that always mm-hmm. cracks me up every time. But what, why are you smelling it? What, what's that about? You know, so it does. It does look empty. Maybe he's like, I think they're trying to trick me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's so so many good things about this episode. Oh, and yeah. um, I one thing I always wondered: the the guy's name um, that they go there to check out the death of is Anthony Giles, Tony Giles. Well. Mm-hmm. We're all Buffy fans. We know Anthony Stewart Head, Tony Head, played Giles on Buffy. Yes. So I've always wondered if that was like a roundabout shout out to him. I've always wondered that. Mm. Could be. I don't know. Well, they did they I don't, shout I don't it know at the end to Linda Blair. Happy, so. Yeah. And. <laughs> Again, you know, scoring Linda Blair as a guest star back when this show, you know, before this show was known for its, like, hey, you're guest stars. So mm-hmm. that was really, really cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the actress who played um, Karen Giles, the widow, I got was Keegan driving Connor me crazy. Crazy. Sorry? Keegan Connor Tracy. Oh. Yes, mm-hmm. it was driving me crazy. Where where have I seen her lately? Where have I seen her lately? And she's the blue fairy on Once Upon a Time. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize that. I plan to catch back up with that show. It lost me in season two. Everyone put it up bit again. She's she better. Five. Uh, she's also in season five of um, Supernatural um, Monster at the end of this book. She was yes. a publisher. She's, uh, and, yeah, she's. And she, in that episode, she's wearing the sweater that Karen Giles 
uh, Karen Giles wears mm-hmm. in Usual Suspects. That I didn't so, know. Yep, yeah, I read She's it. also in. Um, she was also recently. Yeah, she was also recently in Bates Motel. That was the last thing I watched her in. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm. She's a teacher. She's a teacher. Yep. Yeah, I watched uh, most of season one of Bates Motel. I remember seeing her. My yeah, phone is so about to die. I have three percent, so I'm going to jump ahead really, really quick, and then I'm going to abandon you guys to discuss whatever we have to discuss. Um, Jumping ahead to Crossbow Blues, Sarah Gamble. Sarah Gamble. Uh, oh, uh, perfection. That episode is what is, is consistently in my top five. Like, my top five episodes mm. kind of, like, fluctuate. It's always in my top five. It's yeah. even before we get to All Hell Breaks Loose and see how it ties in, it is a gorgeous, gorgeously written episode. Um the flashbacks, yeah, the history, the little, the little nuances, you know, throughout how Sam and Dean put it together, how they already know, like what the flowers are for when they see them. It's not this huge. This is back when Sam and Dean knew their, knew, pardon my language, they knew their shit still. And mm, right, that's my favorite kind of Sam and Dean, the the competent Sam and Dean. I'm not a big fan of bumbling idiots. Seventeen, mm-hmm. um, and I forget who directed that episode, but it's just it's shot gorgeously. The when they're standing in the crossroads and Dean turns and it, the camera turns with him, it's it's beautiful. Mm. And I, the director I was just Steve Boyum. Ah, yeah. Long time supernatural. Yeah. Alone. So, again, just that was one of those episodes where everything fell into place and you think it's a monster of the week and it's a really good monster of the week and then it turns out that it's just this, it's a a myth art catalyst episode. It has ripples for the entire run of the show so far. Yeah. It hasn't stopped. It is Without this episode, we wouldn't have had Crowley. So, exactly, right? it, is, it is not everything that Supernatural is as a legacy ties back to that episode, and I am resistant to say what I'm about to say, but it's something I believe in my in my in my heart, in my Supernatural heart. The episode is flawless. It's without flaw. I agree. I, I would it's agree. Perfect. I, yeah, I agree. My kingdom mm. for Sarah Gamble. Well, so. As a writer, showrunner, not yeah. so much. Uh, writer, I disagree with people. Okay. I think she was a fantastic showrunner as well. I think season six is damn good television, damn good storytelling. And season seven, while it had its issues, good storytelling. It just didn't quite fit with Supernatural. But I get what she was trying to do because she, they had hit a wall. They hit a big wall, and you know what are you going to do after? What are you going to do after? You know the epic, the epic battle for good and evil with Lucifer. You know mm. in season six, and again, yeah. where were you going to go from there? And you know this is why you yep. get what what Carver did was that a was huge, a huge job. 
And yeah, and you know, I, well, Carbonite yeah, was a I, huge reboot, and I'm still on the fence. As of right now, I don't find it to be a successful reboot. So, you know, I give Sarah Gamble immense amounts of credit, and I'm someone who really likes season six and enjoys season seven for the most part. Mm-hmm. I think I I need one of those like now there's some distance, and I ha- might have a different perspective if I. I, you know, and that's what that's now. what it did for me. And I did that with, with Buffy season seven too. During the run of Buffy and season seven, seven as and well. And I know they both have great episodes for me, but but part of it there was um, decisions made I wasn't great with, and then like things were picked up and dropped too quickly, and I'm like, why? Stop! Don't let don't let that go. Well, and then and, and, as and we then all it got know, dark and dark and dark and dark, and I'm like, yikes! You know, I. I need a little bit of light in my dark, and it wasn't. And uh, you know, it may or may not have been entirely her, but the, you know, when you're the captain of the ship, you know, you're stuck taking respons- full responsibility. So, or as I like yeah. to say, yeah. when the Cowboys lose, no matter what happens, it's Tony Romo's fault. That's just my analogy. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Tony, um, oh no. <laughs> Or yeah. Tony, oh no, as we call him. Tony, oh no, why? Mm-hmm. Um, although yeah. I have to eat my worst season because you know he he may not he not he may not be there for us, and we don't have a backup. Off topic. My point is um, that is what helped me with season seven because as I was watching it, I was I was very much going, I I'm not engaged, I'm not engaged, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. I went back and rewatched season seven after season eight had aired. And season seven was like a, a soothing balm for my soul after season eight. So, <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very much a hindsight kind of thing. Mhm. So, okay, I'm down to one percent. Um, ah. Enjoy the rest of your time without me. I'll talk to everyone <laughs> else. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, Ruby. <laughs> Bye. Okay, so All that's right. usual suspect. Yes. And we were talking about Linda Blair? I think yeah, a yeah. little bit. Who I thought did a, he, um, he did a good Tracy. job at the top. Hmm? Yeah, uh, her acting wasn't that, you know, wasn't spectacular, but, you know, she no. did, a, did a very fine job. Um, mm-hmm. I've always kind of, I've always just, I've not really liked it, that tag at the end where Dean says, you know, did she look familiar to you? I, I'm mm-hmm. I was like, they didn't need to throw that in there. We knew who she was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that hit was a big old clunk. You know, it's like it's yeah, one of those yeah. anvils on your head. <laughs> it's like, you know, <laughs> she's an actress. They play lots of different parts, you know, I and I know who she was. You don't have to hit me over the head with it. Exactly. Anybody who's watching yeah. Supernatural, especially at the mm-hmm. time, because now now Supernatural is more of a it's, – it's a different show than it was in season two. Season two, it was a horror show. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so anybody watching Supernatural then, they knew who Linda Blair was. So, Right. Yeah. And – I thought I think I thought was really cool about this episode is that you start out thinking it's a ven- it's a vengeful spirit and this ghost is killing all these people and it turns out to be something completely different. She was 
Claire was a death omen, and she was actually trying to warn the people who've been getting killed. And so I thought that was a nice twist. And I didn't it think also she was made, actually a good guy. So. Yes, and a little bit of a a hint or a little different perspective in that the creatures that Sam and Dean are going to hunt aren't always entirely evil. Right. You know, not not entirely black and white. So she was she was just an early one. Um, also, it really creeped me out because you realize if Claire's not killing the people in that particular uh, heroin case, then it was the cop. It was Peter, Jason Gedrick, and mm-hmm. he was cutting, another very he was cutting their throats. And so deeply, it went right to the spinal cord, and I'm like, that's creepy. Yeah. The guy is a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I'm at the scene right now where um, Dean finds Karen dead on the floor. And there's a lot of blood there. And, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it was a very, very nasty, nasty kill. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was a horrible mm-hmm. person. Yes, yes, he was. It, it, it also made me a little bit crazy that, you know, Lynn Blair's character is supposedly a cop and a good one, Peter, at the end. Even though he's shot, he's still alive. <laughs> you know, there's still a weapon that's loose around there, and she doesn't come so close that he can grab her and, and tackle her. And it eventually works out, but <laughs> it may not have. So it's right. not a bright move. And also, I was thinking... They have to. They have to talk. You know, it's not like she just walked up and and shot him to save Dean. You know, and she didn't even have to kill him. You know, she just because I know she was trying to find out was he actually guilty, but she's trying to save Dean. And I'm like, you know, they always have to talk. They always have to ask questions. Right. You know, <laughs> that's that's your downfall. <laughs> so. And. On a completely different topic, um, on a shallow note, the scene where <laughs> Linda Blair comes to see Sam in the hotel room and Dean has sent her there, you know, to get more information on the spirit, and the camera pulls back and the height difference between Sam <laughs> and Linda Blair, I love that. I just, I, it's always just like, I, I love giant Sam, you know, I just, I always, I just, you know, that, that. You know, just seeing that, just I just, I don't know why, but I just love it. <laughs> Giant Sam, a little bitty Linda Blair. Yeah. And then, you know, they have him, you know, sit down on the dresser so he's not cowering over her, you know, as he is <laughs> standing up there. <laughs> Giant Sam. <laughs> yeah. And, and like Vinny talked about at the beginning, the scene where... They're both figuring out that it's an anagram at the same time. And mm-hmm. I just, I love that. But, you know, showing the connection mm-hmm. that Sam and we have. And, and, you know, and then the note that Dean has, Matlock. I love that, first of all, that he calls the lawyer Matlock. And he's like, oh, thank God I'm saved. <laughs> he comes in. <laughs> <every time. laughs> yep. And I, 
Yeah. I, I just, you know, then he, he, the note that he passes, Hill, it's a street, and the queen. Ah, I love, you know, I love it. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great movie. But, um, and then Sam calls the lawyer talk as well. And the guy's like, you two really are brothers. <laughs> yeah. Interrogation scene, you know. Like, sunset walks on the beach and frisky women. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, of course, it's all a, yeah, it's so funny. And, of course, it's all a ploy to give Sam time to, to get out of there. I love that. I love the note. And, you know, not even talking to each other, just one little note that he passes to him, lets him know mm-hmm. like Sam, that Dean's going to do that. Dean's going to make something happen to give Sam the opportunity to escape. You know, it's mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, the connection these guys have. I just, I love it. Mm-hmm. It's what the show's about. It's what has made the show so great. Yep. And... It makes sense. They've been working together since they were kids. That reminds me back in No Exit when Dean tells the story to Joe about the first time John took him shooting and he was six or seven. And he bullseyed every single bottle or whatever the target was that that John gave him. That's pretty amazing. Six years old? I've always wondered if Dean was just Kind of, you know, putting a exaggerating bigger. Yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't exactly that. If he was pretty good at a young age, mm-hmm. you know, he seems to have something in there. Plus, they probably practice a lot, and John probably made them practice constantly because for them it was the difference between life and death. So he has to. Right. But and um, the scene. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't. I don't. I can't recall the episode. But they're in the storage room, Sam and Dean, and they're looking at their old stuff. Sam finds his old soccer trophy, and Dean finds the, the gunny bill. And what was he? Eleven years old. He Bad day at Black Rock. Shotgun. Yeah. 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 Bad day at Black Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. And you know, for Sam, John kept the soccer trophy. And for Dean, he kept his thought-off shotgun, Dean's first thought-off shotgun. Uh, that just really shows the difference in Sam and Dean. And John understood the difference between them, and he loved them both the mm-hmm. same. Yes. Oh, I love this show. Uh, from you know, getting ready for this podcast and watching season two again. Mm-hmm. And these episodes, I've, I've decided for, um, you know, going to Vancouver this week, I am going to load up my Kindle for mm-hmm. season two and season three episodes, and that's what I'm going to watch on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, we were saying earlier, this particular season, I think I think every episode is a gem, and some are more precious gems than others, but I think mm-hmm. all of them are just, gems and I was looking ahead when we do our next couple of batches of, of season two and it's like I can't wait you know Croatoan Night Shifter Born Under a Bad Sign which is one yeah. of my all time favorites 
ever. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and you know, wait. I remember, you know, when season one aired, you know, it's like, oh, this is just the best show because, you know, after X-Files was over, after Buffy was over, I was like, am I going to find another show to obsess about? You know, I'm worried. I have to have a show to obsess about. And yes. then Supernatural comes along, and it's like, oh, my God, this show is so good. And then mm-hmm. season two, season two is, and it's even better than the first season. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. had my brother, um, my brother is a big sci-fi fan like me. He's the one who got me into Doctor Who. I got him into Firefly. And so I had I've been trying to get him into the first season of Supernatural, and the mm-hmm. the second season comes along, and I'm telling you, you gotta watch it. It's even better than the first season, you know. <laughs> and so oh I, yeah, I, I finally was able to get him to watch the first couple seasons. I don't think he ever watched any more than that, but he did watch the first couple seasons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's. <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe I still can't believe how different Sam and Dean are now, and we don't expect them to be the same. And I'm very glad their characters are not the same. But you, but I mean, I'm sure it's the same thing in real life. You kind of look back and go, oh, you know, I was I was younger then, and things were easier, and now they're not so simple. You know, or I'm I'm older, or what I've been through has has colored the way I think and live. But you know, it's the same thing for Sam and Dean. And I, 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 miss the, I miss those days. You know, I mean, you can't romanticize them because they're they're just full of tragedy, just like they are now. But Sam and Dean hadn't been so directly and horribly affected by as much as they have been now. I mean. They lost their parents, but you know they hadn't they hadn't gone down the road with making a deal yet, and uh, for each other, and and Sam hadn't died yet, <laughs> and Dean hadn't died yet, and Dean hadn't gone to hell. So, right, right, yeah. I will say though, there is one change that I wish they hadn't changed. One thing that I wish with their growing up and everything that they didn't change it. I like, you know, because these are two guys who don't have, the, don't have a lot of money. They live in a car. Well, now they do have the bunker. But um, mm-hmm. in the first couple seasons here, they had crappy suits. You know, when they had to dress up in suits, they had, you know, mismatching jackets right. and shirts and ties. And which for two guys who don't have a lot of money and live in a car, that's what they would have. And, you know, mm-hmm. here's the last, you know, since, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Sam and Dean have had some spiffy suits. <laughs> They've had some fancy, expensive suits. And it's yeah. like, that bugs me. That bugs me. I liked it back when they, you know, the suits they had were crappy because that's the kind of suits these two guys would have. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. that funny, even though Jared and Jensen look hot in the suits. <laughs> I would yeah. Yeah, that would be more realistic for sure. You know, if they had kind of crappy suits and or they didn't always fit perfectly, and of course, you know, mm-hmm. slept around in the trunk of a car in the back seat, they're going to be wrinkled probably. Not always going to have right. time to 
do anything about that. Um, oh, it's the same thing, like, if they were really hunters and they really wanted to hide them at the times, you know, when the FBI was after them and all that, they would have had different hairstyles. They'd have uh, mustaches, beards, you know, uh, totally different outfits. They would have painted the car, you know, but all that stuff in TV land doesn't work. You know, you have to be consistent um, for your audience to recognize, you know, Dean has short blonde hair, Sam has long dark hair, <laughs> you know. Right. Dean had a, oh, and Dean had a leather jacket. I miss the original leather jacket. Oh, I, which, too. I do too. Yeah. Whoever, whoever stole that jacket, they need their butt kicked because, yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's very heartbreaking. And I've always, you know, then they made that new jacket. They had a new jacket custom made for Dean. Jensen, you know, gave ideas and how he wanted it and everything. So why did they do all that just to have it get destroyed in purgatory? I've always wondered, you know. That was an awesome yeah. jacket they got for him, and then they let him where it's purgatory, where it got destroyed. Mm-hmm. That is weird. I, I remember thinking the same thing. It's like, you guys went to an awful lot of trouble for that new jacket, and it didn't last very long. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. And I don't think we've yeah. seen a leather. I don't think we've seen a leather jacket on Dean since. I think it's been the usual cloth. Yeah, I think so. Corduroy. Yeah, or suit jacket. That's another thing about the suits and in, in, in these early episodes. Um, they didn't always go, um, masquerade as FBI agents. They had all sorts of undercover personas. Yes, and that's another thing I miss. I miss how. Mm-hmm. And that for you know now all the time now if they're undercover it's always an FBI agent. I miss you know mm-hmm. the state troopers, you know the um, the alarm, the, you know the security people. Uh, yeah, you know, all, all the different things they used to be. I miss those and the firemen, spoiler, the firemen, spoiler the priest. Uh, <laughs> you know, if, if you're if you're oh yeah if you're mm-hmm. an extreme spoiler phone, close your ears for a minute. Um, but there was a crew member who tweeted a picture this week of director um, Jeannot uh, Zwarek and, um, on set. And in the background, over to the left, I don't know if you noticed this, Susan, in the background over to the left, you can see Jared and Jensen standing there, and they're wearing police uniforms. And it looks like oh. the brown ones. It looks like the state trooper ones like they wore in the benders and the Ooh. brown ones. So that made me very, very happy. <laughs> so I'm hoping maybe then yeah. we'll be going to different. We'll be getting some different, um, you know, different undercover mm-hmm. things. So yeah, uh, when you get uh, when after the podcast, go check out Twitter. Go to Steady Stars Twitter feed and check out that picture. Mm-hmm. I will because I, I I might have seen the picture, but I think I saw it on my phone. So I couldn't see the background very well. Over to over so. to the left, they're right on the edge. So okay, they're standing there in police uniforms. It's like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know how cool. Um, Crossroads. Blue. And another. Another thing oh, real quick that I that I think, I think about a, uh, a comparison between then and now. In these episodes, 
Sam has the cast on his right hand because Jared broke it in real life filming a scene. Whereas now, mm-hmm. currently, Jared has a swing on his right arm <laughs> where he, you know, injured his arm in real life. Not filming a scene, but at a supernatural convention. So it shows <laughs> that really as much as we change, we always we also stay the same. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. And I and he did say in a in a in an interview, a quick video interview, I think one of the Comic Con ones, that he broke his arm and um rotator cuff also injured and he had surgery, I guess, a little over a month ago. So that was I mean, he was injured way more than I think anybody suspected. Yeah, because it happened in May, and, you know, he's still wearing the sling, so, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I did ask, I think, just Robbie about Jared and and the injured arm. I said, did you guys have to consider that at all? And he said, said, just a little bit. He says, they just, he said, and he, I didn't ask, but he said, Jared is just fine. Don't worry. And I said, well, I think so. <laughs> you know, he certainly didn't want to him down. But, uh, <laughs> but he did say they, they did have to um, work it in. But, I mean, he said they didn't make a big deal out of it. But, yes, they, they did have to consider it when they were writing. And yeah. Writing, yeah. Which I think makes perfect sense. They're hunters. That's very easy to write in. They're hunters. Of course yeah. they're going to get hurt. Exactly. And, right. and, you know, Sam's been on his like own. Said, right. And, you know, like we said, you know, Sam got injured in season two, so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, Crossroad Blues. Actually, you. Robert Johnson, who's a real, who was a real singer, a real blues singer, which I thought was interesting. And he really did write songs that they mentioned in mm-hmm. there, Devil at the Crossroads and all that. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was really cool, using some real life stuff and working it into the supernatural universe. And those flashbacks are just gorgeous. Oh, the, the teaser scene, I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. Uh, it's just so beautiful. And and to this day, my favorite Crossroads Demon is Robert Johnson's Crossroads Demon. That actress is beautiful. And she's wearing mm. a white dress in, instead of, you know, the black dress that we're used to seeing the Crossroads Demons wear. And she's barefoot. And they're on the dirt road. And it's, you know, back in the 20s or whenever it was. And it's just so beautifully filmed. And I just... Oh, I just love that scene. And that actress mm-hmm. was in Hook, in season one, Hookman. She was mm-hmm. uh, um, roommate to uh, Lori Sorensen, the girl, um, the preacher's daughter that Sam was flirting with. She was her roommate that got killed by Hookman. Well, the Robert Johnson's, you're talking about the, the Robert original cross with the white dress and everything. Yes. And, but, huh. but, Christy Christy Lang was the was the current um, demon. And right, right. I'm talking. I'm talking she's about the one. Right. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm talking about uh-huh. Robert Johnson's demon. She was the one who got. She was the roommate to Lori Sorensen and Hookman. Robert Johnson's crossroad demon was. She got killed in her bed in Lori in Hookman. I thought that was Christy Lang, who was the nope. current one. No, it's uh, it's 
the it's Robert Johnson's Crossroads Demon. Oh, then IMDb is wrong because they have uh-huh. Christy Lang listed as Taylor in Hookman and the current um, Crossroads Demon in in uh, Crossroads Blues. Interesting. Um, yeah, I'll go over to IMDb and check that out. IMDb yeah. does have a lot of wrong. Jeanette Souza yep. is Dean's Demon. I'm sorry? Uh, Dean's Cross- De- Jeanette Souza played the um, Dean's Crossroads Demon in Crossroads Blues, uh, the current one, um, Jeanette Souza. And, yeah, I, I do see where you have Christy Lang showing as, yeah, that's her. That's her. Um, isn't, that, the one. isn't that the current Crossroads Demon? No. No. She, no, she, um, she's no. the one. Um, yeah, okay. she just looks a lot different, and it, she looks a lot different in her current picture. If you look at her older pictures, you can see a picture of her the way she looked. And yeah. Okay. She just looked a lot different. Her current picture, because her current picture looked like enough like That's her current demon. Yeah, I agree. Oh. She does. I'm, I'm there too. Yeah, oh, she okay. Does. No wonder I'm. Yeah, Jeanette Souza was Dean's crossroads demon. Yeah. I liked her a lot. I thought she did a really, really good job as the crossroads demon yeah, as well. Too. I liked both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, and the way she just taunts Dean at the end about John. And, oh, yeah. And also thinking about that, John's the righteous man in hell, mm-hmm. and that's exactly mm-hmm. what they wanted him. And, yep. And see, it, and, like Vinny was saying, so much about this episode is so very important. This is a very, very pivotal episode. Mm-hmm. Bit of deal-making, uh, crossroads demons, uh, um, the contracts, and all I could think when um, – Dean's demon was talking about, you know, my word is my bond and this is a contract. I remember I can just hear Crowley saying, we have to keep our word. You know, uh-huh. you can't break yep. a contract. We can't make deals without it. And you know Crowley is her boss. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, at that time it, he's the boss. And, of course, we mm-hmm. haven't met him yet. But it was it's kind of cool, again, to look back and think, oh, Prowling figures in here, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's so cool going back and watching them, knowing all that. Because, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, this is, you know, I didn't really think about it until I was rewatching it last night, how important this episode is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, important, it's important to the entire series. And... With mm-hmm. like you know, like we were saying earlier, without this episode, we wouldn't have had uh, we would we wouldn't have had the things that happened in season three where Dean went to hell, and you know um, we wouldn't mm-hmm. have had Crowley, we wouldn't have had you know things that happened in Swan Song, uh, you know just we wouldn't we wouldn't have the storyline that we had in season mm-hmm. nine. Yeah, and it and it all goes back to this episode, which was written by Sarah Gamble. And mm-hmm. I, I, she, I do get upset with you know because there's so much of fandom don't like her, and mm-hmm. honest to goodness, she is probably my very favorite supernatural writer. I miss her episodes. Mm-hmm. She was mm-hmm. a freaking amazing writer. She knew these characters, and I really, really miss her, 
her, her episodes that she writes. I am not as big a fan as her, of her as a showrunner as Vinny is, but I do think mm-hmm. she's better. She was better than a lot of people give her credit for. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I think she is better than what people say. I I I do think season six was really good. I love Sola Sam. Love 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 Sola Sam. <laughs> and I enjoy uh, Sola Sam. I was glad to see him go because that's not ours our Sam. But right. I I enjoyed him because it was different. You know, it's like it's I, I, I know that it was a different thing. Clap your hands if you believe, which, oh, my God, that is the best episode. I, I love that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Sola Sam just is hilarious in that episode. Um, now, season seven, I did not care care that much for. I hated that, you know, they just, I, I know what she was doing by taking everything away from the guys, you know, burned Bobby mm-hmm. house, took away the Impala, you know, got rid of Castiel, um, killed off Bobby, which I will never forgive her for. <laughs> you know, I will <laughs> never forgive her for killing off Bobby. Yes. And, but I understand yeah. what she was going, trying to strip Sam and Dean down to only Sam and Dean, which in theory that sounds really good. But, yeah, it just took too much away. Yeah, it was it was tough because they – too much was taken away, too much. I mean, I understand mm-hmm. exactly. they are always going to have everything and everything, but it was too much – there was nobody and nothing left, and it was so, the darkness was so deep that you're like, how can anybody, how can Sam and Dean survive this? And they can handle a lot, but it was, I'm like, I'm shocked they they got themselves out of that because, and they, they didn't even have their car, you know, their home. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I kind of, I understood it because, Again, in reality, they would have swapped cars around or or changed the impeller, whatever. But that car is so established as a character, and as their comfort and their home and their mm-hmm. their life, right. the family, and everything to take it away for so long, that was really, really hard. And yep. I thought the Leviathan they were less than successful sometimes. Sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't. I, I think, think they, they were, would have been a lot nastier than they were. But they got goofy I think the with look, the whole corporate comparison yes. and everything. I like Dick Roman. Uh, James Patrick Stewart, you know, we're going off topic from Crossroad Blues, but I do I do. Yes. Uh, <laughs> James Patrick Stewart was excellent. He was mm-hmm. awesome, and I, I loved his Dick Roman. He, he was great. But the whole look, to the to the Leviathans is just too cartoony, you know, with the big mm-hmm. mouth and um, mm-hmm. you know, it, you know, in season one they had a couple of demons that looked like demons, you know, the Wendigo, you know, and stuff like that. But we were mm-hmm. used to, we were used to our demons looking like people, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. even the drag, That's even right. the dragons in season six wasn't the dragons ran, um, you know. They look like people, <laughs> you know, the dragons mm-hmm. did. And so having these Leviathan things just be a big mouth, I think, was just, mm-hmm. you know, it was, like, going, it was going a little too much. Uh, sometimes on Buffy and Angel, I would think these monsters look like, power, you know, Power Ranger monsters, you know, <laughs> something beyond the Power yeah. Rangers. And so it was kind of going a little bit there, and I, I didn't like that. 
Yeah, I always thought the way they presented the Leviathans as these these ancient, ancient evil creatures, you know, that even like angels were afraid of and considered mm-hmm. a terrible thing. They they weren't bad enough. They weren't scary enough. They weren't no. the ones that we saw weren't evil enough. And right. I I just didn't see them taking over like corporate America. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and also again like you said it looked they didn't look great and it's like it's like the old Jaws thing, you know. The the less you show the scarier it is. Mm-hmm. You don't right. know what's doing it. So uh, you know, we're talking about season season seven, so there's nothing we can do about season seven. Right? You know, <laughs> there it is. But uh but yeah, you know I, 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 it had some it had some good episodes at least. And, it did, it did. It did have and it brought know. in Kevin and I love Kevin and I miss Kevin and it and, and so yeah. Oh. But it took away Bobby. To get Kevin we had to lose Bobby apparently and I don't like that. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, we got James Marsters and Charisma Carpenter in the season seven episode together. Um, so it's a good that thing. Awesome. And, yeah, and as difficult as it was to lose Bobby, that's an amazing episode, Death Door. I it is. I think about it's, it. You know, it's like I, and, you know, and we they grew up great. Earlier. They grew up heroes. And, and, you know, we were talking earlier about crying during Abandon All Hope when, Joe and Ellen die, I I still fall and never mm-hmm. death door is on. And, and and we were so lucky to have Jim Beaver on our podcast for that episode. Mm-hmm. And that uh, I still, I, it, was, it was an amazing podcast. And to get to have Jim Beaver on the episode where Bobby passed away, we were, we were really lucky. And I just mm-hmm. missed him. <laughs> I miss it. Although Jim Beaver is doing <laughs> awesome, his um, yeah, that's true. I cannot wait for the movie he did with Guillermo del Toro to come out because it sounds so good. Mhm. But yeah, yeah, I miss him. Yeah, you know, there's there's several season seven episodes. I love Plucky Penny Whistle, Magical Menagerie. That was hilarious. yeah. There's there's several like it, it, I compare it to Buffy season four. There's so many good episodes in Buffy season four, and there's so many good episodes in Buffy in Supernatural season seven. But as a whole, I'm not crazy mm-hmm. about the season. Mhm. Yeah. Yep. That's it. I caught time after time yesterday morning, and mm-hmm. I was I was late to work. I was late to work because I couldn't tear myself away <laughs> because right. I just, you know, Nick Lee's in that and Jason Dory yeah. and and, and uh, just the clothes, you know, and, and everything. I thought it was so Excellent much. Excellent episode, yeah. Yeah. And I, again, I'm probably in a minority, but I like Charlie, and she was introduced in the I did too. The girl. I love her. You know, I like her. I really like her. So the girl with the Dungeons too. and I, Dragons tattoo. Although that episode, her first episode, felt really... It didn't feel like a supernatural episode, her first one. And mm-hmm. although I love her character, and there were parts of it, like her dancing in the elevator, I absolutely love that little scene. Uh, and I love the episode, but it just it didn't feel like a supernatural episode for some reason. But in her, her episodes after that, 
they were perfect. And, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I've been a big – I loved Felicia Day when she was a slayer on Buffy. I loved her and Dr. Horrible. You know, I, I've mm-hmm. – and we've been so lucky to have Felicia Day on every mm-hmm. podcast, every – for every episode she's been on except for one, we've had right. her on our podcast. So we, we've been really lucky there. And I really hope we get to see her in season 10. I hope she and Dorothy come back from Oz. I'd like to see her again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think so too. Okay, back to crossroads. Yes, sorry. <laughs> but they're good. Well, it's summertime and tangents are okay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, yes. I always thought it was weird where Lloyd's bar was there at the crossroads. It's like, it's again, it's like Carvel's, how there's supposed to be an Arby's down the road and. You know, it's like you're out there in the boondocks by yourself. And yeah. this bar, who on earth would drive all the way out to this bar where there's only a parking spot for two cars? And, you know, I know. I, yeah. And, and if anybody listening has ever been on any of Russ Hamilton's location tours for VanCon, um, I did it the first year, and we went out to, uh, it's called Boundary Bay, where they film these scenes, and all of the crossroads scenes are always filmed in the same spot because there's this road. It's a con- it's a it's a concrete road, but there's a hole in the middle uh, of this concrete road that it just so happens to be there, and so that's where they film all the crossroads scenes at. And they cover the roads up with dirt if it's a dirt road, if it's supposed to be a dirt road, or with rocks if it's supposed to be a rock mm-hmm. road. And Carvel's is like filmed in the same area, is used in the same area, and it's the same area where um, the restaurant where Sam and Dean go at the beginning of All Hell Breaks Loose. And it's the same area where the Impala had the crash at the end of Devil's Trap. And, you know, it's all in the same Oh, my. Area. And so it, it, it's all right there. It's, you know, the road that Sam and Dean walked down and Everybody Loves a Clown. It's all right there. So, yeah. That's very handy. <laughs> but, and... Well, it's, it just shows them, like, the magic of TV and movie making, you know, where you can be in the same spot but have it look, like, totally different right, from right. episode to episode. I love that. Um, this episode has one of my favorite comments from Dean to to Sam. Um, um, he says, no, he says, I'm I'm older, but you're a red-headed woman. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That was an It's funny because he doesn't say Mulder. He says Mulder. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mulder. Yeah. And then, and then their Dean's kind of secretly thinks it's cool that he has a federal warrant out and Sam yeah. <laughs> won't admit it. I'm like, oh, you guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, just wait till you meet Henriksen, <laughs> you know. You're right, happy you're going to regret that. that, yeah. Yep, I'm going to be very happy about that. And I like the the actor who plays um, the painter um, that they're going to find. That, that actor has yeah. things after this episode. Um, his name will go up here to IMDb, John Lafayette. He, I really, really like him, and he teaches the guys about goober dust, which we see later on, you know, in 
other episodes, they didn't know about Cooper Dutch. Dean thinks it's Pepper, you know. <laughs> <And> so, right. <laughs> I'm looking here. He's anybody who watches The Following on Fox. He apparently plays Deputy Marshall Turner on The Following. So, yeah. So that's that's him. But yeah, I, I you know, they, there's a lot. You know, not only the whole crossroads things. You know, Dean learn a little bit more. You know, mm-hmm. you know they learn about super desks for a new a new thing that they can use to hold off the um, black dogs, which they do use. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember they bring some with them in No Rest for the Wicked. That's right. And they they put it in the house, or try to, (laughs) Mm -hmm. to save Dean. Now, I I can't exactly recall. Um, nobody, Nobody can hear the hellhounds but the person who's made the deal that they're coming for. Definitely. Now, yeah, I'm I, always confused I, on that part. Yeah, thought we saw, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought I thought we saw in No Rest for the Wicked that Sam could see that Dean was torn up by the Hellhound. Right. But it looked like in this episode that they couldn't they couldn't see what was physically. But they could physically see, like the like the deal maker could see that their legs and and body were being torn apart by the dogs. But it didn't look that way because when they come and find Robert Johnson, he's like he's yeah. shaking and and everything. But but there's no blood there and there's no mark on him. So, I've always been confused that he just died from fright of the black dogs. I don't know because you know the doctor lady when they find her later, she's been torn to shreds. You know, we see her get torn to shreds, and and I and with the doctor lady, I always wondered the dogs are pounding against the door. You know, you see the door moving, and mm-hmm. it's like you hear the door moving, you see the door moving. Is she the only one that can see that? Does nobody else in the motel, you know, hear that? Because mm-hmm. right. I can I can understand if they can't hear the dogs barking. You know, I can understand mm-hmm. if only the person that the dogs are coming for can hear the dogs barking. But if the dogs are having an effect on other things around them, like the doors, the windows, um, do other people, surely to goodness other people would hear and see that that aren't. Yeah. Because in this episode, um, the the dogs come through the vent, don't they, I believe? Um at the end when Sam's trying to protect um, Evan Handler, or Evan, not Evan Handler, Evan Handler's an actor, Evan Hudson, <laughs> um, when he's trying to protect him, you know, they're coming through the vet, and you see the vet fly off. So Sam sees that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the whole thing's confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> Oh, and then we see the first time we see like someone whose whose deal is uh, uh, coming to how their the other people's faces like twist and turn and look like uh-huh. ghouls. You know, that's the first time yeah. we saw that, and that freaked me out the first time I saw it. Oh, you know, and I was so glad in No Rest for the Wicked when um, you know it was Dean uh, Dean was dying. He sees Sam's face do that. I was like, mm-hmm. yes, I'm glad they remember yes. to do that. <laughs> yes. That was so creepy. 
And, and then um, you watched Battlestar Galactica, I know. I always thought it was yes. neat that um, Evan and his wife were both Battlestar Galactica people. His wife played racetrack on Battlestar Galactica. And Evan, um, Vincent Gale was his name. Um, he was in Battlestar. Let me think what was his name. I love here that I had to be. Oh, he was Chief Peter Laird. So he was, he was hmm. you know, like, you know, like we had the chief, you know, on there, you know, who ran the, the flight deck. He was also one there who ran, who also ran the flight deck. So mm-hmm. I always thought that was cool that two Battlestar people, they were playing a couple. Yeah. That was, that was the show that got dark to me as well. Super dark. Yeah, yeah. yeah like way, did. way too dark. Like I, I hung in there, but just, just the, the and again, going off topic, but I have to say the whole final five Cylons and using all along the Watchtower though that song there, it's one of my favorite things in all of television. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Their version of all along the Watchtower, oh, I love it. Mm. Mm. But yeah, this is it's an amazing Crossroad Blues is an amazing episode that. Mm-hmm. It, it basically caused the storylines that we have today. Uh, mm-hmm. If you, if anybody listening hasn't watched it in a while, you need to go back and watch it and just see how how much it you yep. know how much from this is showing what we do what what happens in the show now, and mm-hmm. it's I can't say enough good things about it. Yeah, and and what it does to Bean, and he gets so angry at Evan. You know, did you did you think how your wife was going to feel? You know, when you died, yeah. and and that you gave up your life for her and all that because of course you know he's thinking about right. dad giving his life up for him, but mm-hmm. you know he's gonna he's gonna do exactly that for Sam. You know, yep. very very soon. I do like how you can. See his opinion change though when he thinks that um, Evan sold his soul just to get the girl, you know, um, mm-hmm. like that. When he his opinion changes of him when he sees that he did it to save his wife. I, I, I do mm-hmm. like that. You know, you can see that with him. Yeah, and I love when Dean confronts the Crossroads demon, and he tries to have her sit in the car which is parked on top of a devil's trap but she catches it and then he maneuvers her over under the water tower again smart mm-hmm. team not taking a chance with yes. just one devil's trap he had two and I remember oh. when this I remember when the episode first aired and they're having that discussion and it looked like Dean might be taking the deal I was like oh. mm-hmm. Oh my God! I was so worried. I was so scared. <laughs> and then he's like, "Do you think you can throw in a set of steak knives?" I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> I know, but he really did consider it because even Sam asked yeah. him at the end. You know, he didn't really, and Dean doesn't answer him. I also um, on, a, on a very kind of shallow moment when um, he finally lets let the crossroads demon go from the devil's trap because he thinks about it a while about going back on on his side of the deal. But he finally lets her go. 
And Jensen just hopping up the water tower, just, you know, like step, step. I mean, that's so, so easy. You know, it was just a really mm-hmm. cool move. I mean, it just like the way yeah. it looks. They're, they're both so athletic. <laughs> I, I, I look for stuff like that because I'm not. <laughs> so, right. You know, me. <laughs> you know, I was like falling off the other side of the water tower. You know. And talking about the Gat Girl, I can't see the scene where they go and knock on the door at Evan's house without thinking of the Gat Girl scene where Dean's got in the fake, Jensen's wearing the fake teeth. <laughs> and... <laughs> I, I think of that every single time I watch that scene. <laughs> I I love the scene where he kicks in the door and then they go upstairs and he starts to kick in the next door and Sam leaps in front of him like and and pushes his leg down like, No, let's try the door knock first. <laughs> the scene was just, you know, like, oh well if one door's locked the next one will be too. Right, Very right. <laughs> Um, we're getting to the end of the podcast, sort of. We've got about 17 minutes left on air, um, live. Is there anything else about the episode? Or is there anything else going on that you want to mention, promote, remind people? There are a few things I wanted to mention. We do have a, um, Excellent contest um, in our Summer of Supernatural Celebration uh, 200 episode. This the whole month of August. We've been doing contests. We've given away several T-shirts already. Um, we're, you know, we have surprise contests every now and then, and then we've been doing week-long contests. Our current week-long contest ends tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, we're giving away a uh, 2013. Comic-Con Edition TV Guide with Jared on one side, Jensen on the other, and it's autographed. Jared and Jensen signed it. We had it signed last year at BanCon. Uh, we're giving that away, another Supernatural T-shirt, and an awesome um, Supernatural tea set. It's a Supernatural Impala mug. Um, your choice, I believe, it's your choice, or it might be um, the pictures so geek awesome sent us is of her Crowley tea. She, ha- she does special Supernatural teas, and also an um, anti-possession tea ball to soak your tea in your cup. Um, these were all donated by So Geek Austin. We're giving those away. So um, go to our website and you can enter the contest. You might win. Uh, get in tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Eastern. We'll be choosing the winner for that. Uh, we also have a T-shirt on Teespring right now, teespring.com. Uh, it ends in two days, I think. One or two days, two days, I think. And it's in honor of that, uh, you know, Supernatural family is a, is a big family, and we're awesome, and I love our Supernatural family. We've done so many good things throughout the years. Um, it's, 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 and it's honoring Bobby's famous quote from No Rest for, for the Wicked Races, Family Don't End with Blood Boy. So this shirt says, SPN Family Don't End with Blood. And it ends in a couple days, so if you want to check that out, we've got the link on our website, Facebook, Twitter, if you want to order that. Show off your Supernatural Family Pride. And let's see, oh, um, this week, uh, on Tuesday, Vinny and I are flying to Vancouver, and we'll be going to the VanCon Convention. So make sure you're following us for tweets from that. We'll be covering... 
the convention and anything else supernatural related we might be doing through the week. Um, we're also mm-hmm. being um, Jared and Jensen are going to be signing several really cool items that we have that we will be auctioning for Team Levi um, in the month of September. So you'll make sure you want to watch for that. Uh, the money goes to the Down Syndrome Guild of Dallas for Team Levi. Uh, if you don't know who Levi is, he's Levi Ackles. He's the nephew of Jensen. Um, he um, he has Down, Down Syndrome. He's the most cutest little boy. He's adorable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, his um, Jensen's family, uh, little Levi's parents and grandparents, and everybody, they, they participate in the Down Syndrome Guild of Dallas Buddy Walk every year to raise money for Down Syndrome. So this will be our third year doing auctions and helping to raise money for that. Goodness, lots of good things happening. You oh, should have a great time to update. I'm looking forward to it. I um, also want to give an update on our auctions that we did for the um, um, Brain Injury Foundation of California in honor of Genevieve Padalecki's um, for their Betty Walk. Uh, we raised uh, it was right around five thousand dollars. We were able to raise. Um, thank you to Jared and Jen for donating the Skype chat that went for three thousand. So that was awesome. We were able to um, team Sarah, that's um, her, her team, raised more money than any other group that were, participated in their charity f- walk fund- fundraiser. So that was pretty cool. Supernatural Fandom cool. did that. And the last two years for Team Levi, we've uh, raised almost $20,000 combined. So we're hoping we can, you know, add quite a bit to it again this year. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Supernatural family is a generous bunch. They sure are. I'm so proud to be a member of this fandom. Mm-hmm. They do some amazing yes. things. Um, speaking of charity-related things, um, I, I'm sure you and everybody have seen the ice, the ice bucket challenge thing that's going yeah. around to raise awareness for um, the disease ALS, which is the Gehrig's disease. Um, the thing that I'm a little confused about that whole thing is you, you, someone challenge you, challenges you to have a bucket of ice dumped on your head, and if you don't do it, you have to donate money. So if you do it, you don't have to donate money, but everybody makes a big deal about how they're getting the bucket of ice dumped on them. And I said, you know, wouldn't it be yeah, better I, to... I, Donate the money and not get the ice dumped on you. Isn't that a better decision? And I know a lot of people are are doing both because the ice bucket thing, like like people pay attention to that and it's something to look at and a lot of famous people are doing it. And I have a feeling they're donating money anyway because they have raised quite a bit more than they have before. I, but I, I'm like, I know there's Stephen, Stephen, Amell, Stephen Amell tweeted that he, he did it and he also donated mm-hmm. money. Because I was confused mm-hmm. about it. Do you, do you have to get the ice put, put on you and donate? You know, I was really confused. So. So it I, is confusing. I was, yeah, I would. I have no problem donating, but I don't want ice on me. So, you know, I would, no. I would be confused. A, a and Stephen Amell did it with no shirt. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And by the way, he uh, challenged Jared Padalecki as one of the people mm-hmm. that he challenged to do this. So I guess we have to keep an eye out to see if Jared will do the challenge. So <laughs> that'll be that'll be cool. 
And then if we're really lucky, he'll challenge Jensen and Misha. <laughs> so they'll all have to do it. That would be cool. Yes. And maybe they'll follow Stephen and Mel's example and do it shirtless. <laughs> we can only hope. <laughs> yes, we can only hope. <laughs> okay. Um, are we done for the night? Uh, let me see. Was there anything else? I can't think of anything. Okay. Well, we had fun discussing no exit, the usual suspects, and crossroad blues. Uh, that was then. This is now. We we will do another edition of this, and we'll announce it beforehand. You can plan for it. Uh, at the moment, there's no regular schedule. It's been a lot of fun, so I'm sure we will do do it again. Um, but there's about 50 days until Supernatural premieres for the season, so I imagine we'll do a few more podcasts in there. Um, have fun at VanCon. Looking forward to pictures and stories. Thank you to everybody listening to our podcast tonight. We really appreciate it very much. Um, you can go back and listen to all our old podcasts. Uh, there's some great stuff in there. Lots of episodes discussed. Lots of great interviews, including... Uh, Jensen and Osric and Felicia Day and, and all kinds of things like that. You can go to winchesterbros.com. We have a whole page of links, blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can like us on Facebook. Both of those are Winchester Bros. And you can subscribe and download us through iTunes. Um, also follow us on Facebook and Twitter for all the supernatural news. And definitely this week too for VanCon. Um, you can go back and look at the WikiCon tweets because uh, we did those. And then, of course, I will be at ChicagoCon in October. So, lots to keep us busy during hiatus. That's it. Thanks, Vinny. Thanks, Becky. And good night. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you later. <laughs>